praying that God would uh, put me in a Bible study. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and there was a member of the church who invited me to Bible study fellowship, and so I started attending there. And a uh, year after that, they asked me to be in uh, leadership at Bible study fellowship. So I was a discussion leader for probably 20 years. Joy podcast brought to you by the pastors here at Grace Baptist Church because we want for our people what Jesus wants for his people, and that's to know greater joy by stepping into the areas that bring no greater joy for God's people, and that's being a 24 7 worshiper, a go person, and an alongsider. My name is Pastor Steve Strong, lead pastor here at Grace, and right across from me once again is Pastor Ryan Atkins, the associate pastor here at Grace. And then a huge thanks, as always. To our tech guru, Dan Kraniak, a member here at Grace and producer of this, and uh, really makes us makes it worth it. Way to go, Dan. Thanks, Dan. So, uh, <laughs> last couple episodes we've been recording have been kind of these bonus episodes that highlight the work that God's doing here at Grace and, and really in the lives of his people, giving them an opportunity to share what we've been calling their gospel collision story or... Uh, more commonly known as their salvation story. And so we have two wonderful people here with us, Mel and Lois Garrete. Did I say that correctly? Yes, you did. Yes. All right. All right. So let them just take a few minutes. Lois, we'll let you go first to share, give people the Cliff Notes version of who Lois Garrete is. Well, uh, I'm a retired clinical social worker and a wife and a mother and a grandmother. You want more information? That was the very, very Cliff Notes version. (laughs) uh, In seven words or less, who are you? (laughs) Where were you, uh, the social worker? Was it with the city, county, schools? I started with the county, but then uh, I got my master's and uh, worked with a private nonprofit agency. Okay. Very good. How long did you do that? Forty-something years. All right. Wow. And you're the mother to one daughter. One daughter. All right. Kristen so, Allen. I uh-huh. think also a member here at Grace. My miracle child. You're still proud of her? <laughs> I am. All right. Good. And, and then two and grandchildren. Two wonderful grandchildren. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very good. And uh, Maggie and Charlie. Maggie and Charlie. Mm-hmm. So welcome, Mel. His introduction. Give us the Cliff Notes version of who Mel Garrity is. Um. I am a retired school teacher. Uh, I taught Spanish uh, in the Westlake schools for 32 years. Uh, I have a master's degree in guidance and counseling. And uh, I am here to tell you uh, a little bit about the Garate household. Gerate. Very good. You often, how often do you see former students? Uh, I see them in Westlake. I see them especially at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they pop up everywhere. Yep. That's kind of the neat thing about being a teacher. It is. It we is. were, we were in, uh, I think it was Colorado, uh, this was several years ago, Kristen was little, and it was the 4th of July, and they were having a 
of fireworks, and we ran into one of his oh, students. In Colorado. <laughs> in Colorado. <laughs> Have you ever done the math of approximately how many students you taught in your 32 years? Mm, no, I haven't. Okay, just curious. He's a Spanish teacher. Not a math teacher. Not a math teacher. My bad, my bad. And how many years did you say you were, and was it all in Westlake? All in Westlake. Uh, I think it was, I don't know how many years, in at Parks High, uh, junior high, and then he became a middle school, and he's no longer here. He has been. Mm-hmm. Yep. Flat uh, piece of grass now. Right. <laughs> And uh, then I finally graduated, and I went to the high school. And I think I, I don't know, how, you know, it was 20 years or something like that. I retired in uh, 2006 from the Westlake schools, and I became a retiree. Retiree. Full-time yes. retiree. Yes, yes. Very good. Well, just kind of give us maybe, well, I'll let you, you know, just quick synopsis of when you mm-hmm. came to know Jesus Christ. Lois, if you want to go first. Well, uh, my, uh, my dad worked for the federal government. We moved around a lot. Uh, at that time, I was living in a suburb of Buffalo, New York, called Kenmore, New York. And uh, our church was having a, revi- a week of revival meetings, and... Um, Leighton Ford was speaking. He's Billy Graham's uh, brother-in-law. And uh, I came to know Christ at one of his meetings there at the church. Very good. I was seventh grade. Seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mel, when did you come to know Christ? Uh, I was born in the uh, island of Cuba uh, many years ago. And I went to a Catholic school. Uh, for 10 years, the Marist Brothers. And uh, I did not know Christ. Uh, it wasn't until I, sorry to say, retired from the Westlake schools uh, in 2009 that I was baptized at uh, Grace Baptist Church. And uh, just a few days prior, uh, I made made a commitment. I had my little talk with God, and that's what I did. Uh, It has been a work, if I could use that work, that word, uh, of a work in process. So I am here to tell you a little bit more about it. And for that, we're thankful. Yeah, absolutely. It's quite a, it is quite a story how um, God has brought you guys together. And um, we're not going to take an hour, hour and a half to talk about it. But we do want to, Give glory to God and see how he's brought your lives together. So, Lois, maybe take a few minutes and just, uh, you guys met, I believe, in college, right? Yes. So why don't you just share a little bit about um, your your history up till college. You came to know Christ when you were in seventh grade, so mm-hmm. that's in there. 
a little bit about your family and then what, where you went to school and what led you there? Um, well, my parents were a Christian, uh, and so that going to church was important to them. My dad was very involved uh, in the church with a, a deacon and, uh, and an elder in the church. Uh, so we were required to go to church on Sundays and Sunday nights. That was just part of our routine. Um, and my mother, I, I clearly remember uh, hearing my mother um, having her devotions and praying and reading the Bible every morning, and she would listen to... Uh, Christian radio. Um, there was a program. I, I don't remember the name of the program, but the the guy who spoke was James Vernon McGee. I don't know if anybody's heard of him or not, but oh, yeah. I remember to this day he would end his program with "Walk with the King today and be a blessing." Mm-hmm. So, um, so I I was raised going to church and being a part of uh, the youth group and Sunday school and th- that kind of thing. And so I'm sure that had an influence on my life. So I really, as I look back on my life, uh, God was really calling me and drawing me unto himself, even from a young age. But really it wasn't until, you know, I was in seventh grade and really had an opportunity to, um, where, the, where the gospel message really uh, hit me, mm-hmm. that, that I... Uh, as I said, I don't remember very much about what the sermon was about, um, but I remember clearly that uh, that when they had the call to go forward, uh, I could not sit in my seat. I had to go forward. And um, the most thing I remember really about that is that that I had a, a love for Jesus and I wanted to commit my life to Him. So, I mean, as I got older, uh, I continued my involvement in the church. Uh, uh, our, the church in, uh, in Kenmore, their evening services involved uh, giving testimony, and so I was involved with that. I started taking notes in the, in the service. Good for you. Prior to that, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> I must have been listening, but... but uh, <laughs> But it became more important to me uh, to please the Lord and to be walking with the Lord. Um, started taking my Bible to school. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's important. One of the gentlemen that we were interviewed and his story, a big turning point for him, he had kind of grown up in the church. He noticed somebody carrying a Bible mm-hmm. and someone who had just gotten saved and their life was transformed. Yeah. So carrying your Bible, all of our students out there need to carry their Bible to their classes in college. Anyway, keep going. Okay. That's well, good. then we moved. Uh, we moved to Arlington, Virginia. Um, and the, the church uh, that we belonged to there was really not as focused, I don't think, on spiritual things. Um, but I was still involved in the youth group and that kind of thing. Uh, but I don't think I really had the support that I had in uh, the church in Kenmore. But the pastors, both the the senior pastor and the associate pastor, were uh, alumni of Muskingum College. And I wanted to go to a Christian school when I graduated. And my sister uh, had gone to Muskingum and had just graduated. 
So she graduated, and then I went in the following year as a freshman. And that's here in that's here in Ohio, correct? That's Muskingum College yeah. in New Concord, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, I started out. I was going to be a Spanish major. Um, I si. later I later si. changed my mind, <laughs> uh, but no. uh, but I met Mel in Spanish class. All right. So Mel, this moment when your eyes met. <laughs> you had a long history in getting to Muskingum. Yes. Sure, tell us a little bit about, you can look back now and you can probably see God working to bring you to Muskingum, but tell us a little bit about Mel, Mel Gerate before Muskingum. Well, uh, if uh, we go back in history... And uh, I can tell you that I left Cuba, I believe it was in 1961 or 62. I was supposed to look at my passport and look, but I didn't. Uh, Cuba was going through uh, a lot of changes politically uh, because Fidel Castro uh, in 1959 had taken over control of Cuba. Uh, I could say that uh, myself and my family um, agree what he had been doing to uh, depose General Batista from power uh, because he was not a very good fellow. The problem was that uh, uh, the reasons that uh, Castro either um, changed, well, that was a fact, in his uh, idea of thinking. And uh, he made the announcement that he was uh, a communist. Uh, from then on, obviously, my family, uh, which was raised Catholic, uh, was completely against uh, his beliefs. So I was enlisted into that. I uh, uh, was uh, probably 15 years old, uh, or 16, probably 15, and I was uh, enlisted uh, in the counter-revolutionary um, youth. And uh, we did things that against the government that I will not uh, tell you about it, but uh, they were not very nice. But we had an ideal and we were fighting for uh, changes, which as of this moment, uh, even though Fidel Castro passed away, uh, things uh, are still even worse uh, than they were then. I was lucky enough, uh, my parents, my brother and I, my brother is three years older than I am, and um, 
we were told that we would be uh, be sent away uh, from Cuba uh, because uh, at that time uh, the Castro regime uh, started making uh, a so-called voluntary uh, army and we or my parents did not want or we didn't want to be brought up into that uh, those changes my brother left Cuba uh, probably three years before I did and uh, he went to Puerto Rico and got, esta got established there my brother was not married uh, I got to leave Cuba uh, in 1961 or 62 I went to a refugee camp in Florida, Matacumbe. Um, first time I had been away from my parents. Uh, there was no religion in my heart. There was no Christ in my, in my heart. Uh, I was uh, going out of my mind, uh, being raised among uh, refugee Cubans. Um, boys and uh, I would talk on my phone with my parents actually my mother uh, and I would uh, request that there would be a change uh, uh, on that camp and uh, it was after a few months that I was requested, that I was allowed to leave, and I went to Puerto Rico and lived there for actually 1963 uh, and a half. And I had an aunt that was teaching at Muskingum College, and I was able to get a scholarship uh, and go to school. So I did. And that uh, was when I made, made, or met the lady to my right, my wife Lois. So you had an aunt who was teaching at Muskingum. Yes. How big of a school is Mus Muskingum? How at Probably that time? Probably about thirteen hundred students at that time. So when did your aunt start teaching there? Do you remember? Uh, probably. Three years, four years before I, maybe okay. three years <laughs> before I got there. I wonder how she got that job. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Lord was organizing yeah. <laughs> and arranging. What a cool. Listen. I'm listening. I, somebody was tapping on my shoulder for yeah. I don't know how many years. And I finally listened. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't till a long time. And it was the blessings of having my wife with me. And uh, I know you're right. Mm -hmm. It was through her that things began to change. Slowly. And steadily, 
until uh, 2009, mm -hmm. which uh, in which date I was baptized, and uh, you must remember that because I was probably drowning <laughs> in that <laughs> baptismal pool. <laughs> Uh, but it dawned on me that I was making a commitment and I was saying to myself, why have I been waiting this long to do this? And I think about it and I know that The Lord was tapping in my shoulder. Mm -hmm. But anyways, now it's uh, it's behind me. And I have slowly begun uh, to live a Christian life. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm still a sinner. Uh, and I am talk to the Lord. Uh, I also have to uh, in the people that I met at this church in which I was coming sporadically with my wife. There was a group of men that I met and we started going to BSF, yeah. Bible Study Fellowship. And that was a beginning, the new beginning. New beginning. And uh, it wasn't until actually 2009 that I was baptized yep. uh, after being in BSF for probably eight years. So, and, yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you, did you both step onto campus there at Muskingum the same year or is? No, I was a year ahead of him. Okay. So I met, I met him my sophomore All year. Right. All right. So there, you know, Lois, your own, you've came to know Christ in seventh grade and you go off to college five, six, seven years later, where were you in your walk with the Lord while you were there at Muskingum? Well, I thought Muskingum was a Christian school, but it really is not. It was um, not. Maybe. It was not. Um, and uh, it's a very, New Concord is a really small town. <laughs> but isn't isn't John like, Glenn from New Concord? Yes. Yes. Well, yes. You did, did you know John Glenn went to my church in Arlington, Virginia, and I went uh, to high school with David, his son, was here wow. several years behind me. But yeah. That's cool. So small I had world. connection to John Glenn. Small, yeah, small nice. world, small town, New Concord. That's right. <laughs> but uh, so uh, there were maybe two churches there. Um, and... Um, I went to the, I went to the the college church, but I I didn't really receive a whole lot of uh, spiritual uh, feeding there. And what happened was that I stopped going to church mm -hmm. while I was at Muskingum. Um, I didn't turn my back on God, but I wasn't in His Word, and I wasn't really um, growing as a Christian while I was there. Mm -hmm. So. Um. And then when did you guys start dating? I'm assuming you did there at school. You met mm -hmm. each other. And yeah, well, we had a class together. Yeah. And then how did that how did that happen? How did you guys come together? Well, my wife I had my aunt as a teacher and she wanted to get an A. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, well, we met there. At 
class and um, we started a relationship. And that led to a marriage, mm-hmm. right? I'm yeah. assuming they're after school. And then what brought you, how did you get up here to Cleveland? Well, I had, uh, I graduated in 1968. And uh, I had a uh, bachelor's degree in teaching on Spanish. And there was a assistant superintendent here in Westlake that uh, knew one of the professors at Muskingum, and that's where the connection was made, mm-hmm. and that I would come and have an have an inter- interview, and uh, and I was hired in the summer of uh, 1968. So my wife was at that time working in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. as a social worker. Were you married at yeah. this point? Okay. No. And I was hired, and then she decided that she would uh, change from Pittsburgh to Cleveland. And we married on December 29th, 1968. Mm-hmm. Good job, Mel. <laughs> and uh, we moved to, uh, to Westlake, actually. And when was that? In uh, <laughs> probably August or uh, thereabouts, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of nineteen sixty-eight, yeah. and I started teaching in nineteen sixty-eight. Okay, I, I had an aunt who lived in Avon Lake. Okay, <clears throat> so I lived with her until we got married. Very good. So, so for Lois coming out, kind of not turning your back to the Lord. Um, like when was it that he kind of grabbed a hold of your heart again? You know, this just speaks to God's faithfulness to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wasn't going to church. I didn't want to go to church by myself. Um, and so, um, in, uh, I think it was around 1974 it was a while. Okay. Um, I was um, wallpapering the ha- our house. We had bought a house in uh, Rocky River, and I turned on the radio, and it was WCRF. Mm-hmm. And uh, that just put a hunger and a thirsting for the Lord. And so I started going to a church in Rocky River and um, was in the choir, and I, I was involved in um, uh, youth activities there. Um as a leader? As or, a leader, okay. yes, as a leader, uh, junior high kids. Uh, um, and um, I, we were uh, married for 14 years before I had my daughter. So mm-hmm. I didn't think we were ever going to have children. And um, so, I, and well, without going into all the circumstances, I found myself pregnant and, and uh, just. God's doing, but at any rate, um, while I was pregnant, uh, I realized that the church I was attending was not preaching the gospel, that if I stayed in that church, my child would never hear the gospel message, and so I began looking for another church, uh, and I came to Grace Baptist Church 
And, Amen. Uh, uh, then it was a Bible teaching, Bible preaching church. And, and that was what year again? In I was pregnant with my daughter. She was born in 1982, so right, it was so 1981. Right. Very good. And um, was that Pastor Burns? He was retiring, and okay. Pastor Jacobs, and Jacobs was, was just coming, coming on. Very good. Mm -hmm. So at that point, um, Mal, you had not known the Lord at that moment, at that point when Kristen was being born and your wife was kind of having a uh, a resurgence, maybe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, a hunger and a thirst, I think you said, as you're listening to WCRF and recognizing the church that we're in, is that I'm in, is not preaching the truth and the gospel, finding another church. How did you handle that without your husband? Maybe... Well, making those decisions and with you and and then Mo, Mel I have a question for you after she answers that every time somebody asked me if they could pray for me I asked for prayer for Mel's salvation mm -hmm. but there were there were lots of times that I drove home from church crying because I was going by myself and so um, later on uh, I was involved uh, with the Sunday school class for women who were either divorced or single mm -hmm. or for whatever reasons, their husband was not coming to church. And I think that's an important ministry for women. Mm -hmm. uh, so many uh, places here is so couples-oriented. that uh, So it was hard. But, yeah, um, I started uh, praying that God would uh, put me in a Bible study. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, uh, and there was a member of the church who invited me to Bible study fellowship, and so I started attending there. And uh, year after that, they asked me to be in uh, leadership at Bible study fellowship. So I was a discussion leader for probably twenty years. Mm -hmm. so, so, Mel, as your wife is regaining that hunger and thirst, you've been married for a number of years. She starts attending church. Uh, switching churches, getting really involved in the different studies and with people's lives. Um, what was? How did you handle that? What was going through your? Well, uh, I was I was going through the motions. Uh, I was involved to a degree. Um, the Lord was working on me very slowly. Um, Probably he was working full time. Uh, I was not listening, and um, I wasn't, you know, uh, teaching. And uh, I would go uh, to church once in a while. Very once in a while. <laughs> and. Um, It wasn't till the years that I had spent on Bible study and reading the Word that things began to fall into place. And when they talked about, I had been baptized in the Catholic Church when I was a kid, a kid, you know, crying. Uh, I did not know what was going on. 
uh, I said uh, I was ready to make a commitment. And that was in 2009, and you baptized me. Yep. And I remember uh, making a speech uh, or sharing uh, with the membership and thinking that why had I been waiting so long to make that commitment when I had and I'm still are blessed by the Lord with first of all giving providing my wife uh, for me and starting a family and being successful in my teaching and in my investments. Uh, but in talking about the speech that I made and the thoughts that came into my mind uh, after thinking of how hard have I made it for me to understand and how easy it became yet when I said that I was pledging my life to the Lord. I realized that it was a, a hard job because I had to erase a whole life of sinning prior to that. Uh, and I know that sin is a magnet and I have to guard and pray and talk to the Lord and thank him again and thank my wife. So uh, I, I hope that uh, what I'm doing in here in talking to you, all of you, that it's, he wakes people up uh, uh, with uh, what I have been through and what I'm probably going through and how glad I am that I made that choice. So I have, I got to ask you in that question, why did I wait so long? Have you answered that at all? Have you, have you thought back about all those 30-some years of, you know, or maybe not quite that many, but I thought maybe, you know, of no. there in your marriage and having your wife and her involvement and in her church and her testimony and um, why you waited. Because I'm sure there's going to be someone listening or a friend who's listening and thinking of another friend who's waiting. Um, there what was went a grip. Your mind? Sin had a grip <clears throat> on me. It was sin. He mm -hmm. was the evil one. And I had to, with the grace of God, made that choice mm -hmm. that I wanted to be free of that. And I'm not completely free. I still have to, you know, I sin. And I have to have my conversations with him and go to Bible study so that I can recharge my batteries. 
So when you were going to the Bible study fellowship, I'm assuming he was going, Lois, with you and participating. You had mentioned many years he would you were going, Mel, with Yes. What was there anything that you were studying that God used to kind of open your eyes? Well, it's the readings that I did, but it's just listening to other members share and myself share is that it started, you know, my heart to listen. Mm -hmm. And I said, I consider Jesus Christ a master teacher. I was a teacher. So there is a connection there. And I know that you want me to tell you which is the passage that I, the verses is, you know, uh, first John, we love because he loved us first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's there. He loved me first. And I was a sinner. Mm -hmm. And he wants me because that's the kind of God that we have. Amen. You know, BSF, the, it's not co-ed, so the women mm -hmm. go to a class and the men go to a class. And I think one of the things that influenced Mel was that he was with other Christian men and he was seeing testimonies from them. Um, every year, BSF has a different focus of study, yep. and it, they go from Old Testament and then the following New Testament if you stay in BSF long enough, you will have gone all the way through the Bible. Yeah. And so I don't know how many years you went to BSF before you, before you came to know the Lord. But anyway, he went through, he went through a lot of books of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Lois, what, okay, would you have a question? Uh, Lois, what's going through your heart and mind as you're seeing God, from your vantage point as you see Mel, God kind of breaking through and opening his heart? Tell me maybe your vantage point as you're watching him got to work in Mel's life. I guess I'm thinking how gracious God is and how wonderful and faithful he is. We A, a lot of people were praying for Mel. Mm -hmm. yes. A lot of people. And uh, I, I just very, very strongly believe in the power of prayer. Um, I think that's how God works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uses prayer to get his work done. Yep. So the means he's determined to use. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the question coming at it kind of different angles maybe would just be simply, you know, Lois, as you look at your life, the the biggest difference that trusting Christ as your savior that 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 is made. How do you see that? as a difference maker for you, even though you can go back to seventh grade and the journey that you've been on and how he's brought you today, the biggest difference that Jesus as your savior that he's made in your life. Well, um, gosh, that's hard to answer. Um, I, you know, my life verse is, uh, uh, be still and know that I am God. 
And so uh, I rely on the sovereignty of God and trust that God has a plan and he knows what he's doing and he knows what he's doing in my life. Um, so I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen. Or um, I think also, um, I mean, I have a different approach to, yes, uh, Mel has said, you know, that he sins, we all sin. But I, I think as a Christian, I have a different approach to sin than maybe someone who doesn't know the Lord. Um, and so I want to please God. I want to uh, bring honor and glory to him. And so my approach to sin is to, uh, I hope, lead me to repentance and to a different lifestyle and different uh, behavior. Amen. Mel, same question for you. And you're looking back um, a little more in the closer past. What has been the biggest difference that has that has that Jesus has brought about in your life um as your savior as you look before and now it has made me start looking at life differently uh is has made me uh, talk to him. Not enough. I watch my wife every morning doing her Bible study and I wait at night or in the afternoon you know, to complete it. But she's like clockwork and she says her prayers. And she is being an example for me. And I'm, I have to work on that. Because I know that my life would be a lot simpler knowing that if I died today, I will be going to heaven. Mm -hmm. Because he's waiting there for me. So the change has been my outlook in how I approach my relationship to my wife, to my family, to my church. And that there is hope for me. <laughs> I think it's a great testimony of the sovereignty of God in, I'm going to put this professor at Muskingum, I'm going to put these pastors in Virginia, I'm going to lead Lois, I'm leading Mel, and there's, there's a wisdom there and a sovereignty in putting you together, but also different timing. In mm -hmm. a different timing doesn't mean God has made a mistake or he's lost and trying to figure it out. It's his perfect timing. He knows. Um, and that's right. And we rest in that. And I think it's 
just a great testimony, hopefully, for perseverance, because, Lois, as you've mentioned, you're not the only one who had walked a road like that, nor perhaps right now is walking, mm-hmm. and a testimony of perseverance, a testimony of daily steadfastness in love and in praying and in resting and in being still. I think that's a wonderful uh, testimony and an encouragement for that. Um, God's timing is usually not our timing, mm-hmm. um, but his timing is the best timing. And uh, just a great reminder um, not to, to give up. Um, and for Mel, it wasn't a mistake that it took this long. So, quote, unquote, why did it take so long? I, God knows. And uh, the heart that you have, the softened heart that you have, I think is one of the tributes to his perfect timing. And so you guys are a blessing to us here, Grace. Oh, Wonderful story. And I think God will, if he can use this for his glory and encouraging and equipping our people and perhaps even giving opportunity for the gospel, praise him for that. So, mm-hmm. well, thank you again. Great having you guys on here. And until the next episode, 